Today on the Forgiven Nutritionist podcast, I had the pleasure to talk with Dr. Jay Goodbinder. He is the owner of the Epigenetics Healing Center in Kansas City, Missouri, where he has helped thousands of people from all over the world overcome autoimmune and life-crippling diseases. He has spoken on CNN with Dr. Oz, the Harvard Faculty Club with Suzanne Summers, and is the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Defending Your Life. Today we are talking about epigenetics, your overall health, and we also talk about Lyme disease. Here's a clip from today's show. Um, most things, if you're talking about nutrigenomics and uh, the ability to defeat some SNPs, if we know that someone is expressing a specific SNP, like uh, there's a lot of people, you you run MTHFR. You've heard of MTHFR, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. It's like the common one. Everyone says, you know MTHFR? I'm familiar with MTHFR. Um, methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase, it's an enzymatic genetic variant. But that's just the gateway into the playground. Right. And so you have to know what's going on inside the playground. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to start spinning everybody off the merry-go-round way too fast. You're going to start pushing people down the slide too fast because you're basically it just you're dumping a whole lot of energy into the system. But what happens once you're in the system? Nobody knows. Hey, it's- everyone. Just a quick break to show some gratitude to our sponsors and give you some special deals. If you're looking for quality supplements you can trust, try Nature's Sunshine. With pure, potent, sustainably sourced ingredients, They examine the fields and monitor the harvesting practices. They use advanced equipment to conduct over 600 quality and purity tests on their products. Some of those tests include heavy metals, radiation, dirt, yeast, mold pathogens, pesticides, and herbicides. When it comes to your supplements, you want them to be clean. Click the Nature Sunshine link in the show notes and get 25% off your first order. Welcome, Dr. Goodbinder. Thank you so much for being on. <laughs> hey, thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be able to work with you. Um, so why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your backstory. And part of the reason why I wanted to have you on also, and I know I'm kind of throwing this little curveball at you, but um, I think that God uses everybody in a wonderful way, and they kind of have to go through a lot of yuck and um, bad stuff to get to where they are today. Um, and I know that you have a fantastic, good backstory. So maybe you could share some of that with us, whatever you feel like sharing. Well, I, I think I agree with you. You know, I've traveled all over the world. I've spoken in all sorts of different countries. Uh, and I spoke with really high-level people. And almost across the board, those people have something where, you know, they were hurt in some way, and they had to figure out a way to overcome it. And it's just really interesting to hit, to see so many peers of mine, whether it was you know, I spoke at CNN with Dr. Oz or and Dr. Drew or at Harvard Faculty Club with Suzanne Summers. Um, they just have these wonderful stories. And I go, you know, this I am where I'm supposed to be now. This is where it's supposed to be. And, you know, by the age of 23, I was on six medications. I had psoriatic arthritis and I was disabled. I couldn't use my hands. I had scabs and scales over my skin and... And, it, and unfortunately, when I went to the doctor, the, the pain management doctor at the time, uh, I asked him, why, why is this happening to me? How can I get better from this? And he said, I'm sorry, you're unlucky. It's genetic. You learn how to live with it. There's new drugs coming out all the time. There's new treatments coming out all the time. And it was like such a, such a gut punch. It was so horrible to hear. Because, you know, here I am living on all these medications 
And I heard, this is the best it's going to get. It's probably going to get worse from here. There's new drugs coming out all the time. At the time, I'm not married. I don't have kids. And my whole, like, I just wanted to feel love. I wanted to love somebody. I wanted to be loved. I wanted to have kids someday. And who's going to marry me with giant scabs and scales over my body and the big, giant balloon hands? Uh, it was a horrible feeling. You know, I actually prayed at the time. I was asking God to kill me because I didn't want to live anymore. And, uh, it was a pretty rough night, actually. It was a single night where I was just, you know, I was up all night just very upset. And uh, in the morning, I woke up and basically just said, you know, either I'm going to grow old and alone and in pain, or I'll learn how to fix it. Like, I have to, somebody's got to fix it, and clearly no one else is going to do it, so I need to figure it out. I got my first doctorate, uh, thinking I was going to fix things that obviously didn't teach me all the, the functional medicine to be able to actually fix things. I went through an extra three years of functional endocrinology, immunology, biochemistry, and physiology to really understand how to fix things. I did graduate valedictorian in my class because I was just studying to fix myself. Um, I got a second doctorate, and then I also uh, got a year of epigenetics research in, and while I was on six meds at the age of 23, I'm on no medications anymore. I feel awesome. I found my purpose. I jump out of bed like a lion to serve it every day. And uh, it's just really exciting. It, it's fun. You know, I, I always have some kind of magic story. I call them magic or like miracles. They happen here all the time, and I try not to let my staff get numb to the miracle. You know, like, listen, I know you see this all the time, but this is impossible. People with rheumatoid arthritis don't just walk out at the door and go, yeah, I'm not on medication anymore. I have no more pain. People don't just walk out of a neurologist's office with MS and be like, well, I got off all my medications. I feel fine. That doesn't happen. It happens here all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always on my staff. Just remember, these are miracles. This isn't an everyday event at every office. Yeah, that's that's one of the definitely reasons why I wanted to have you on, too, because honestly, it drives me a little bananas when... Um, people like to blame genetics and i and i understand that it's it's nice to have um an answer to something and i think everybody uses that scapegoat as their answer and unfortunately um i think too many people just sink into that uh, diagnosis and you don't necessarily have to and and if uh, there's a lot of things that can be healed um if not you know, all the way, a lot different. You can live dramatically different uh, if you just take the right steps, especially like you said, when you get to the root cause and you find out what's causing those issues. Uh, it's, you know, it, it should be fun. You know, it, it's so interesting when I talk to a patient. I mean, most of my patients have been sick for years. They've gone to five different endocrinologists and five different primary cares and five different functional doctors and five different naturopaths. And I just go, this is going to be fun. I'm so excited. It's it's fun to do this. And I get to actually see, like, I already know how the story ends. So I know you feel terrible and you're like, I don't know if this is going to work. Well, I'm going to see you in a couple months. And almost a little under 98.2% of the time, we get 80% of symptoms resolved within about an eight-month period of time. And it's just like, I'm so excited to see you in about two months. In about two months, you're going to have a significant difference. And it's across the board kind of like that. So it's a lot of fun. And we should be able to laugh. And I mean, I, I joke with my patients all the time because everyone's so serious around it. Everyone literally has been around the traditional model of the McDonald's of medicine. I use my insurance card. I get a drug, and I see you every three months the rest of my life, and that will keep you sick and alive forever. Hey, guess what? McDonald's will stop you from starving. Right. You'll never be healthy again. Um, and it'll be cheap, too. Congrats. But in the end, it's not cheap. It costs you your, your entire life. Mm -hmm. But when you go to those doctors, they're getting run through like a mill, too. Your hospitals, see more patients quickly. See them. Go, go, go. Nationwide average is around seven minutes to spend with patient. You think you're getting a root cause in seven minutes? I don't. 
And so I try to have fun with them. I try to, to play with my patients so that they enjoy themselves when they're here. And my whole staff, super vibrant. Everyone's really happy. Well, and I think that's what um, probably makes people more motiv- motivated to continue, not just coming back, but to do the work themselves. Because I know for myself, um, you know, it does require some work on, you know, our end when I was a patient. It requires work on our end. We can't just um, sit back and say, oh, yeah. It requires exercise. You have to actually go to the gym when you, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not just going to miraculously happen. There's actual steps that you have to take. So when you have positive um, mentors or people or um, that you can work with, um, I think that definitely makes a difference. 100%. Absolutely. And just being some with someone who has done it is really helpful too. And, you know, if I'm going to put the work in, I want to know that I'm going to get something out of it. Well, anytime you put work into yourself, you always get something out. You're becoming a better person. You're becoming more disciplined. You're taking initiative and putting power back into you versus power into some special pill that, you know, you can only find. And, you know, it's not just medicines. It's also special pills and things like that. Like there was a an ad on a nighttime infomercial about Nepalier, a special cactus plant that cures everything. You're like, really? Are you deficient in that cactus? If you never had that cactus plant your entire life, could you still be healthy? And the answer is yes. Well, you probably didn't need it then. Like that probably is not the answer to everything. It's great marketing, but it, it's not going to work. You know, it's, it's, and people will try to defend their decisions. Hey, I spent the $500 on the Napalier. I do feel a lot better. Now, my diabetes isn't gone yet, but I know I feel better. And you're like, you're justifying. It's not going to work. It's not that it's unhealthy, but it's not the root cause of your problem. The same thing is done with pharmaceuticals. Here's your direct marketing. Are you tired in the day? Do you ever feel hungry? Do you ever go to the restroom? Well, if so, you need this medication. And here's why. I mean, it's just the most obvious things in the world. And they say, here, use this. It cures everything. And then your doctors have no time to spend with you. So you go there, use your insurance card and go, I need this medication. I know this is what I need. And the doctor goes, Hey, I don't have any time. Here, take this. Here's your script. Go get it. And then when you get off the medication, never. There's no medication other than antibiotics you ever get off of. So over and over and over again, you just keep medicating yourself to your own polypharmacy. And actually, here's a statistic. Um, uh, the Institute of Health Metrics states that the last 15% of your life you spend in a hospital bed or in a nursing home. Well, they take every penny you've ever made and they leave your, once you die, they leave your loved ones with the expenses. Um, so why don't, uh, for my listener, for those of us who don't know, or those people that don't know, what is epigenetics? Oh my gosh. So it's really exciting. You guys ready for this? Epigenetics. So if you imagine, here's my genetic coding. I have a billion genes everywhere. You're only going to express a handful of those genes. So if you, you look around the room that you're in right now, just have a look around you go, okay, so I see my room. Got it. So you imagine a billion circuit breakers all over that room. And when you're born, a handful full of those circuit breakers are popped. That's your kind of hardwire. Now, your diet's bad. You don't sleep right. You don't drink clean water. You're exposed to some toxic chemicals. You got a mold exposure. You have Lyme disease. You have a bacterial infection, a fungal infection, a yeast infection. You, um, you went through some serious trauma. There's all sorts of things happening. At some point, enough energy hits that room, some other breakers pop. And when they pop, those are more diseases. That's rheumatoid arthritis, colitis, Crohn's disease, hydratus superativa, MS, Parkinson's, diabetes, thyroid disease. And the whole goal is to figure out where all that is coming into your system, 
remove it so that you can flip those circuit breakers back off and you don't have the disease any longer. So more of a scientific approach is the way your histones unroll. Histones are part in your DNA and they wrap your DNA around them. And under enough stress, that will unravel and your body can read it and say rheumatoid arthritis, colitis, Crohn's disease. And that's kind of the way you express disease. So the epigenetics healing center, epigenetics itself, is the study of genetic expression of disease. And in the in the name of what we do, it's to not express the disease and not be on drugs the rest of your life or on supplements the rest of your life, except for baseline stuff. Recently, when I learned um, some stuff in school about epigenetics and nutrigenomics and stuff, it was kind of eye-opening to me. And they gave some statistics um, about what really is genetic and uh, how much of that percentage do we then actually have control of that percentage? Um, Do you have any uh, statistics for that? I don't have a a specific statistic. Um, Most things, if you're talking about nutrigenomics and uh, the ability to defeat some SNPs, if we know that someone is expressing a specific SNP, like uh, there's a lot of people, you you run MTHFR. You've heard of MTHFR, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. It's like the common one. Everyone says, you know MTHFR? I'm familiar with MTHFR. Um, methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase, it's an enzymatic genetic variant. But that's just the gateway into the playground. Right. And so you have to know what's going on inside the playground. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to start spinning everybody off the merry-go-round way too fast. You're going to start pushing people down the slide too fast because you're basically it just you're dumping a whole lot of energy into the system. But what happens once you're in the system, nobody knows until you look at all the other SNPs. But it's not just the SNPs because you can look at like an organic acid test and see a 2-oxoformethylbutyric acid or high thymine or high uracil, and that shows you have a methylfolate deficiency at the cellular level. Just having MTHFR doesn't mean you need a bunch of methylfolate. That is not appropriate. It's just you don't treat SNPs. I spent a lot of years doing uh, genetic readings and things like that. And you do not just treat SNPs. You have to understand the genetic expression of the SNP before you treat it, in my opinion. Yeah, I heard one uh, doctor recently kind of uh, explain um, your genes as basically having, um, much like we talk, it, there's an alphabet to it, and then um, there's each alphabet. Ha- you can form words, and then that you can form sentences, and then which form paragraphs, which then form a book, which then forms. You know, it just continues on bigger and bigger, and that's basically what your genes kind of are. And in each one, if you change one letter in that word, it's going to then change your gene. And the example she gave was um, the goat versus coat. You just change that C to a G. And you, you know, if you used to have coat, now you've got goat or vice versa. And so, um, it, which that can make a huge difference in how your genes then act in your body is if you just change that one little, that one little letter, she kind of called it like an alphabet, you know, it was, it was kind of, I like, like that. I'd never heard that analogy before. That's actually very good. I like that. What are some, um, genes that can be changed or, or that can't be changed? Um, when can they be changed? Well, I don't know. I don't know if you change a gene. I think it really what you're changing is the phenotypic expression of the gene. So, hey, I have a COMT plus plus. Okay. So, you hyperexcited? No, I'm pretty calm. Okay. Well, with a COMT plus plus, you should be a dopamine seeking missile, like completely addicted to every bit of dopamine you can get your hands on. 
And you're calm. Yeah, super calm, just chill person. Okay. So let's look at your HVA to VM area, homovanillic acid to vanilla mandelic acid. Or let's look at your dopac to your HVA dopac ratio and try to understand what your production of dopamine is um, versus your breakdown of dopamine. And it's all normal. Okay. Okay. So CMT also has some issues with uh, breast cancer, fiber, uh, endometriosis, fibrocystic breast disease. Things like that. And you go, okay, are you breaking down all your 4-hydroxyesterone, 4-hydroxyesterdial, and 16-alpha-hydroxyesterone, which are your proliferative cancer-causing estrogen estrogen metabolites? Typically, COMT people don't process that right either. Um, so if they're not processing all those things, if everything's normal on all those fronts, I don't worry too much about COMT. So what could cause you to express it if you have it in your genes? Now we're talking about traumas. We're talking about you know, your parents beating you and bad things happening, or you saw something horrible happen. And all of a sudden, Oh wow. Bam. All of a sudden I can never calm down again. My mind's racing. I have the warrior gene going wild. So I think that most of these things, uh, have more to do with, uh, your lifestyle and the interactions you have versus just your hardwired genetic data. Yeah. And, and that was going to be my next question is what are some things basically that can, um, turn on the disease or turn off the disease. And you mentioned one of them was like, uh, you know, if your parents are beating you, that could cause some changes. I'm... Yeah, and actually, there's really cool things. I don't know if you ever, have you ever heard of the nocebo effect? Uh, yes, but maybe my listeners have not. So why don't you share that? We learned okay. about that in school too. It was kind of fascinating. Yeah, so really, so most people have heard of the placebo effect. Hey, I expect this to help me, so it's going to help me. It's a great thing. It's powerful and uh, actually in trials, it's really interesting. Like 30% of the response, a positive response is seen as placebo effect. So if, unless they're getting better than a 30% improvement, it's placebo, but they would never tell you that that's a pharma pharmaceutical stuff. But anyway, um, so a nocebo effect, if you imagine that, uh, you were told you had a can of poison and you weren't paying attention. You thought you were grabbing your, your can of your cardboard box of purified, clean mountain spring water, and you grab the can of poison instead, and you chug that, my heart's, I'm having palpitations, my blood pressure's going through the roof, I'm going to die, and I go, to the, I go to the emergency room, and I, they rush me in, and I go, I, I, I drank this whole can of poison, I'm dying, and hives all over my skin, blood pressure 200 over 100, heart rate's at 150, my eyes are dilated. Um, I'm getting hives on my skin. I've got a rash happening. Um, losing bowel function. They're rushing me back trying to figure out, I got to call the manufacturer of this can. So they call the manufacturer of that can of poison. And they go, oh, no, no. Yeah, he was told that. But this batch actually was water. It was just water. And so they go in and say, sir, that was just water you drink. You're, that wasn't poison. Calm down. The hives go away. The rash goes away. My bowel function returns. Uh, my blood pressure normalizes. My heart rate normalizes. The nocebo effect was killing me because I thought it was going to kill me. Same thing as a placebo the op opposite way. Uh, that happens a lot more um, in our society today than, um, especially the last couple of years, than we like to uh, really recognize or think about. And I hope, hope people hearing you say that kind of makes them take pause a little bit and think twice about some things. So in, in my profession, you know, my success is measured on the people that get better. I mean, that's, Hey, you know, every day and, and there's a, it's a, it's a fairly high level of pressure 
which is every single day I have people come in who are can never reverse their disease. They're going to be sick their entire life. And my goal is to get rid of everything and get them off medication. Every single day, every single person I see, that's my whole world. Every single day, I'm also fighting every TV ad that said, this is genetic. If you have this disease, you have to have this because you'll die if you don't. And in the end, I'm fighting the nocebo effect every single day. Because you're being told you can never get better. You're being told that if you don't take the medication, you're going to die. Now, it's not, I'm actually, I'm actually speaking at the New York Academy of Medicine this weekend. I was just invited. Um, pretty excited. I'm going to talk a lot about that and the way traditional medicine, they have this complex. It's, it's for safety. I understand why they do it. And your traditional doctors actually do care and they're very smart. So don't think I'm anti your traditional doctors. They just are good at saving your life. They're not good at making you better again or giving your life back. Um, but one of the things I really want to talk about is, uh, when I'm there is they're protecting liability by saying you came to the hospital. Well, you're most likely going to die. This cancer can't be cured. They have to say that because if they go, oh, yeah, 100%, you're getting better, and they don't, now you're liable, and the doctors look bad, and everything looks bad in the hospital, and everything goes wrong. So they're told to tell you the worst-case scenario, and then they're the hero if they get you better. But the worst-case scenario telling that to you will cause a direct reaction in your brain that will cause your body to express disease more apparently. So what are some prescriptions or even possibly even supplements that maybe uh, turn on or off um, those genes in your practice that you've noticed, um, maybe more. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to start with a negative. I'm going to go negative first. Um, you know, whether it's a statin drug or, or if it's, uh, red yeast rice, red yeast rice just has naturally occurring statin in it. So we're telling people, Hey, get on this red yeast rice. It's natural. It'll help lower your cholesterol. Well, what's that? What's the difference between that and a statin drug? Oh, cause it's a pharmaceutical. Maybe the pharmaceutical is stronger. Uh, I think that it's very hard on a person. So you keep in mind about what allow you to epigenetically express a disease. Well, I mean, hey, if you're exposed to a toxin, well, I'm getting now prescribed a toxin by my natural doctor or my allopathic doctor. I'm now getting a toxin prescribed to me that is going to shut down my liver's production of cholesterol. What does cholesterol do? makes up about 30 to 50% of every cell membrane, all of your sex and stress hormones, about 70% of your brain. Cholesterol is important, and your body was producing a certain amount for a reason. Now, because I'm the doctor, functional, or not functional, not functional, naturopathic or allopathic, um, I'm going to shut it down because I read a study that showed that high cholesterol means that you're going to die of a heart attack. Do we know the statistics? I have the study. I can quote the study, the Questor study. Uh, I'll give you the proximate numbers. But basically, out of 100 people who are at risk for having a heart attack, who didn't take Crestor, seven had a heart attack. Out of 100 people who are at risk for having a heart attack who did take Crestor, five had a heart attack. So what you see is they tell you about a 40% reduction in risk of heart attack. You're looking at two out of 100 people, really, which is 2%. That's absolute risk reduction. Relative risk reduction is seven minus five is two. Two into five is 40%. Look, it's a 40% reduction in your risk of a heart attack if you just take Crestor every day the rest of your life. You've literally shut off your ability to produce your hormones. Testosterone is going to drop. Your progesterone is going to drop. Your, your energy level is going to drop because cortisol is one of those stress hormones that deals with circadian rhythm. Now you're affecting your circadian rhythm, which goes back to the hippocampus of the brain. And that part of your brain is what's responsible for causing Alzheimer's. 
sleep, your short-term memory, sleep-wake cycle, first stuff to go with Alzheimer's. And we're talking about that. We're talking about ApoE4 genetic variant. You want to talk about that expression. ApoE4 is the, you, do you know about ApoE4? Yes. Yeah. Are you familiar? Oh my God. It's so much fun. So ApoE4 is, is this gene that we all evolved um, before we ever ate, before we ever had fire, we ate meat. So we create this gene to create a hyperinflammatory response to any parasitic infections we could get in. Cause we got all these worms in the meat. We're not killing, we're not cooking the meat. So we developed this big gene that now we're going to hyperinflame every time we eat meat. Problem is the meat's available now and we don't have the parasites, but these people are still responding in a hyperinflammatory way to meats, uh, animal proteins, animal fats. And so they tend to put that inflammation in their brain. And if you have a double genetic variant, ApoE4E4, you're about an 85% likelihood, 80% likelihood of having a Alzheimer's. If you have an epoe 3 4 you're about a 49.5% chance of getting Alzheimer's. So it's significantly elevated. That's an inflammatory marker. So we got to control your inflammation with that. If you want to turn that type of gene down, there's a lot of, lot of things that you get exposed to and things that, um, that you could have infections with that increase your risk of having Alzheimer's disease, which is part of that ApoE4 genetic variant. Things like HPHPA clostridia, things like ochratoxin A, high homocysteine levels, low thyroid levels, low estradiol, low testosterone, uh, high homocysteine, um, high lead levels, high mercury levels. All of these things play a part in it. We have an incredible result with our Alzheimer's patients. Incredible result. Almost every single one gets off all their medications and feels great by the end, as long as they have a determined support structure around them. Because one of the problems is you can't remember why you're eating a certain way. Right. So they eat a bag of Oreos when they get home. And you go, wait, you can't do that. You just ruined everything. They have to remember to take their pills. So it's, it's got to be intensive. But you can do amazing things for life-crippling diseases if you actually know why it's happening and you know how to fix it. Well, I'm definitely hoping that um, a lot of people get the takeaway that um, just because they're told a certain diagnosis, since you just mentioned Alzheimer's, for example, um, they're not stuck with that diagnosis. There are things that, you know, we can do that we have control over. Um, yes, when we go out to eat, for example, we can't control everything that they put in the, the food, but we can make wiser choices um, and to hope to mitigate some of our risk. Um, and when we eat at home, we can still control a lot of what we eat at home, <laughs> you know? So hopefully right. people are getting the, the takeaway that they can definitely uh, control a lot of things and um, take back some of their health, just like you, you said. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, they should get their health back. Some, I, I try to give it back to my patients. Once they're better, they're better. And I always recommend, you know, three different things. Uh, for every person on earth to take forever because a, a year of epigenetics research that's what we talk about it's like just make sure they're sufficient so you eat lots of your fruits and vegetables a little bit of meat every day it doesn't have to be giant steaks all day long a little bit of grass-fed grass-finished meat a little bit of pasture-raised egg and a ton of fruits and vegetables healthiest diet in the world takes all the pressure off your liver your kidneys uh, you get your proteins you get all your b12s everything's kind of set there but you'll still need a fish oil a probiotic of some sort and a vitamin d uh, fish oil should be in a triglyceride form, in my opinion. It absorbs better that way. It should be refined down to the point where it's really fish oil and not a bunch of poisons in there. Mm -hmm. We, If we were to eat enough fish to get that on a daily basis, we're going to be completely toxic. I mean, between PCDEs and phthalates and uh, mercury and all the runoff, you're going to be super poisoned if you try to eat fish every day. 
Uh, second would be the probiotics. We eat on sterilized plates, on sterilized countertops. We don't eat out in the wild. Everything's cleaned. Our food's cleaned. We don't have enough bacteria to continually, continually populate ourselves. And vitamin D, unless you're out between the hours of noon and two for about 15 to 30 minutes, basically naked, you are going to be deficient in vitamin D. So those things are really important. Uh, and I will recommend everyone stay on something like that the rest of their lives, even after they get better, to maintain that and not be stuck with me forever. That's usually what uh, I try to recommend to some of my clients too. That's kind of my, my baseline, what I try to get them on, you know, uh, and go from there. Um, so how useful do you think are um, personalized dietary recommendations when it comes to uh, epigenetics? Do you think they're pretty important? It sounds like you think they're pretty important when it comes to, especially depending on what their diagnosis is when they're coming into you. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously kind of like going to the gym, what's the best workout to do? It's the one you'll do. Right. So if you, if you're somebody who loves top of the food chain and you go, Hey, I want to be top of the food chain. I kind of coined that term for it, but you basically have your hundred percent grass fed meats, uh, pasture-raised chicken, pasture-raised eggs, fruit, grass fed, a two raw fermented dairy. Um, and, uh, some vegetables that would be like top of the food chain as much as you want to any of them. It's just, those are the human's most coveted foods. And no, most people would say, don't do dairy. It's grass fed a two. So you're getting rid of the a one protein, which causes all the immunity it's fermented. So it eats up the lactose. Unless you have a sensitivity to it, you're probably okay. I can't do it. I don't do well on it, but for the most part, that's top of the food chain. If you want to be paleo fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, meats, eggs, all pasture raised, all that. That's a good diet if you'll do it. Um, I'm a big fan of human sufficiency, which is another one I kind of coined on my own, which is you're basically eating tons of fruits and vegetables with a little bit of meat every day. Um, from epigenetics research, it just makes it so easy on the body to process. Nuts and seeds are higher in omega-6. Again, they're, they're fine. We allow people to have them. Higher in omega-6, so they're more on the inflammatory side, and they're harder to digest. They also have high phytic acid. But again, you want to make a great gluten-free cake, grain-free, well, almond flour is probably what you're going to use. Um, it is super calorie dense and it'll taste great. Fine. Um, those are things that you can allow with better, bad choices. Um, but if you can really, I'm telling you, this is, this is the real truth. And they did a study on rats that showed a, uh, a, you could live 40% longer if you lived, did a calorie restricted nutrient dense diet. And they had a, the rat's life is about two years. So they're all black starting off. They had a control group and a variable group. Um, so the control group at about two years, regular rat diet, they're gray and not moving. They're just kind of shaking in the corner. They're still alive, but just like that. The ones that are on a calorie restricted nutrient dense diet spinning around the all still black. Nothing's changed. They're like kids still nothing changed. So if you eat a ton of fruits and vegetables throughout the day, that is a calorie restriction to an extent because they're not calorie dense. And then a little bit of meat a day gets you your proteins. Um, it doesn't overwork your liver. Your liver will maintain high levels of glutathione, which can protect your kidneys, which all protects your heart, uh, protects your lungs. Everything's very, very good there because you're not overwhelming your body. The amount of energy you get when you do that is extraordinary. I'm definitely eating that diet right now. You can hear my excitement up behind it. But if you're doing any of those, you're going to be a significantly healthier person if you can do it. Also, you can do things like carnivore. I only eat high-fat meats, 100% grass-fed. You do okay. I see the labs look a little funny on those people, although the autoimmunity tends to go away. And then you've got our keto people. I, I want to be ke in ketosis. It's good for my brain. It's Ketosis keeps me skinny. Well, that's fine if you can do it forever. 
but we know that's very difficult. And, and a lot of keto, a lot of uh, uh, keto people are all processed food people. I do fat bombs. I got these keto chips and my pork rinds. And you're like, this is not healthy. I don't know how we decided this is healthy. I mean, if you could eat tons of bone marrow uh, and go carnivore and do some grass-fed A2 raw fermented dairy, fine. And some vegetables would be also good. Um, but you just got to find what works for you and then stick to it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And um, yeah, because when you said that about the ketogenic, um, a lot of people uh, had asked me what my husband and I had done when we had changed our diet. And it just happened to be mostly keto. Um, yeah. But it was basically when I really started to look at it, it's basically just all real food. <laughs> it's all whole food. Okay. <laughs> you know, it, there was nothing processed about it. No processed ketogenic anything whatsoever no boxed anything or anything and um so that's what people always associated when i mentioned that uh, they're like oh did you go keto did you do that and i said well it was kind of keto but it was basically just real food you know and so i said i don't want you to think that when i say it just happened to be kind of keto it was just real food there was nothing that we bought that said it was a keto snack bar or <laughs> right <laughs> I mean, they put so much junk in those things and you can even get keto things that are like Splenda. Like, here, I'm going to put some Splenda in this or aspartame. Hey, there's no sugar. But yeah, I mean, it sounds like you did it the right way. Yeah. Since you mentioned the um, rats before, um, I'm going to see if I can find a link in the and put it in the show notes. But there was um, years ago, I want to say it was probably like 15 years ago or something like that. Um, it was a Nova oh. special. And it was called the ghost in our genes or the ghost in your genes. And um, it was with uh, Randy Jertle. And he basically did a study with these mice of epigenetics. And there were these two mice. Of course, um, they usually use the same kind of mice. And I can't remember what kind of mice they use in the lab testing. Knockout mice? It might be. Yeah, that might be it. And they basically all look the same. They're basically clones of each other. So they always can kind of yep. test different things. And, but these two mice were completely different and like they right down to their hair color. I mean, one was like this yellow golden color and then this other one was like this fat brown color. And, and then, you know, of course they talked about epigenetics and they had a bunch of different twins, you know, people on the, the episode. And it was just very good and enlightening. And when you mentioned the, the, Mice that made me think of the ghost in our genes. I'll have to see if I can find a link and put that in the show notes for the people. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So um, you mentioned um, early on uh, in testing, are there any kind of direct to consumer tests that you might suggest for people to test some of their genes? Or do you think that's a good option to go to for a good starting point? Or do you think that um, seeing a specialist or somebody would be the best option. Well, I mean, you listen, you, there's all sorts of cheap tests. Out. I'm worried that people, uh, in it, you know, I don't, I hate talking bad about things like this, but a lot of these direct consumer, they are using the cheapest possible testing, testing methods. And so you may build an entire treatment plan around something that's completely incorrect data. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. What are your feelings on 23 and me? Um, to me, that's more, I don't know. I kind of have mixed emotions about all of them, honestly, but to me, it's more just about the ancestry about, okay, where did I come from? Most of the people yeah. like me are from Sweden or most of the people like me are from Germany. And Sweden? Yeah. <laughs> you know, those kinds of um, real, not generic, but basic, 
you know, information. I don't know that um, my one sister had told me that a bunch of her friends had done a bunch of testing and like one girl found out that she was allergic to pepper and um, she was uh, something it was in her family. And I said, well, you know, there's so much you got to find out. First of all, why is she allergic to pepper? Why is her body reacting that way? <laughs> so and and what did they use for that? stool like how did they actually test the stool when they all did their stool testing and so yeah i'm just kind of i have mixed emotions about some of those you can waste literally thousands of dollars on you know, do-it-yourself tests mm-hmm. and you i can research online and figure out how to fix it you go right but was the test even accurate and it, it just i feel like you know and I'm, I'm biased obviously i'm biased i'm a doctor i run tests on people all day and they're high-end tests I'm real comfortable with the fact that my tests are highly reproducible. I can take it today, take it tomorrow, get the same result. A lot of these other tests do not do that. And so, you know, I, I, I have mixed emotions on, on do it, do it yourself tests yeah. at, at best mixed. Well, and, um, uh, but I think one the things you can do are find a really gr- great diet, talk to a nutritionist and get a, a nutritionist that recommends holistic eating and not just, mm-hmm. Hey, be low calorie, get your low fat yogurt, and make sure it has Splenda in it because it has lower sugar that way. I mean, I talked to a patient. I had this 15-year-old patient. I remember the mom and daughter talking to her and like, well, we're going to go talk to a nutritionist because t- she takes insurance. I said, okay, that's fine. They came back. They were crying at the office because ladies like, first off, the lady, they wanted the, the girl to lose weight, which, you know, I'm like, let's just get you healthy. The weight will come off. Mm-hmm. And the the nutritionist was, they as they said, 350 pounds. And she's like, yes, you just need low-fat yogurt. You can get it with Splenda in it. You can add Splenda to your tea. You want to make sure your sugars are low. And the, and they left. It was like the opposite of everything we talked about. Like your body will recognize the nutrients put into it. Mm-hmm. So if you eat real food, you'll actually feel full when you're supposed to. You actually create leptin and you will actually utilize the leptin on a receptor. You won't be leptin resistant. Um, when you put in real food, real proteins, real amino acids, you'll create cholecystokinin, your gallbladder will release. It's actually really neat the way digestion works. You masticate, you chew. You know, actually, before I get into to digestion, you know what the most, according to food science, the most perfect food ever created was? According to food science, do you know what that is? Uh, Off the top of your head? I don't know. No, broccoli? I don't know. Broccoli sounds great. That's healthy. This is not healthy. Food science would tell you that cheese puffs are the best food ever made because you can put them in your mouth and as you chew them, they turn into liquid. They will never give your brain a signal that you're full. You can eat bag after bag after bag. They're full of MSG because that excites the brain. So now you're getting excited as you're eating it and you're never getting full. You can eat bag after perfect, most perfect food ever made by food scientists to sell to you so you can get sicker and the pharmaceutical companies can get rich. But neither here nor there. Mastication, so important. You chew, your stomach acid, parietal cells start creating all that stomach acid. Your food comes down into the stomach acid. You start melting it down. And then it goes into your small intestine. Once it gets in your small intestine, your small intestine does not want to be burned with stomach acid. So your liver cleans itself, going through the gallbladder, creating bile salts to neutralize the stomach acid, emulsify the fats, and signal the pancreas to create the pancreatic enzymes to break that down further to go to your microvilli, the long little fingers in your gut, for all that surface area, for those broken down nutrients to absorb as best as possible. 
if you're putting in a bunch of processed junk and things don't don't actually require mastication, it's all liquids, your digestive process doesn't work right. You're not signaling the right things. You don't get the leptin. You don't get your GLP-1. You don't get all these things that would stimulate fat burning for energy and fat burning for fasting and things like that. You don't get the autophagy so you can break down your bad cells and regenerate yourself. A lot of bad happens when you get into processed foods. Yeah, since you mentioned GLP-1 um, and you mentioned probiotics earlier, what tell us about GLP-1 and like what can that do for uh, play a role in your genes to turn things maybe on or off? Or so with GLP-1, when we talk about, huh, so as long as you have good gut health, first off, I mean, you, it's, there's a, a bacterial balance in your gut that basically stimulates your brain to produce more ghrelin or more leptin. Actually, one of the neatest things when you talk about the microbiome, let's get right into that, is um, you're breastfeeding. If you're breastfed, the length of time you're breastfed is inversely related to your ghrelin production. And ghrelin and, and leptin are kind of opposites. One makes you feel really hungry. One makes you feel very full. And just the amount of time you're breastfed will decide on if you're going to an extent, you can change things. Um, but we'll decide if you're going to be obese or you'll be thin. If you're never breastfed, you have a huge likelihood of being obese versus someone who's been breastfed for a long time because of those hormones, those chemicals that get secreted. And the GOP-1 specifically will get secreted better as long as you have a healthy intestinal tract, if you have a normal microbiome. And a lot of those drugs like Ozempic, you're familiar with Ozempic, semaglutide, those type of things, it's all the rage. Everyone loves the semaglutide. Oh, my God. It, it's like... Every Hollywood celebrity, you go to an aesthetics conference. My esthetician went to the aesthetics conference. She's like every single, oh, my nurse practitioners all went to the aesthetics conference too. They said everybody was on Ozempic. Everybody was on somaglutide. It was like you couldn't even get it at that point in time from a regular pharmacy because they were all sold out because everyone was using them to lose weight. What you don't realize is, you know, so it's a GLP-1 agonist. Okay, agonist, what does that mean? It improves the way that your GLP-1 is working. And once that happens, then your leptin gets secreted really high. You maintain satiety. You're full. You burn fat for energy. You maintain your blood sugars because your fat's burning. It's an agonist that forces it to work. But what happens when you pull that away? The GOP-1 can't sync up the same. Now you're hitting nothing. The receptors aren't working right. So what happens? You become ravenously hungry. And you put on 600 pounds in less than a day. 100% of the time, every time. I'm kidding. But no, you, you put on a lot of weight because you can't control your hunger. It's like this unbelievable, I only get so much pleasure from eating. And let me be clear, eating is a way of getting pleasure. And a lot of people who overeat, it has nothing to do with leptin, ghrelin, or otherwise. It has to do with the level of pleasure they have in their lives. Mm -hmm. If you don't have something that you enjoy in your life, some goal, something that works for you, something that excites you, puts fire into your soul, and helps you jump out of bed like a lion to serve your purpose. If those things aren't happening, you're going to be craving a whole lot more simple, um, processed, sugary, candy, cookies, cakes, tortilla chips for that salt, uh, over and over eating tortillas and salsa or tortillas and queso. They're all dopamine stimulators. All you want is to be happy and you're destroying your life to find your happiness when all you have to do is look around and go, what's important to me? Do I need to believe in myself enough that I can attack my dreams? And if you're not attacking your dreams, there's a reason that you're not happy because you have a purpose in life. There's clearly a purpose here. And if you don't know what it is, you got to really search your soul and understand 
you probably do know it is. You just don't believe that you can do it because you don't have enough faith in yourself. You've lost something. My be- I have a, I'm a bestselling author. I, I wrote Defending Your Life, and I talk about that. I really think that we're the guardian angels of the person we see in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And if we can't stimulate our child, because we got to treat our body kind of like a child. My, my child wants things that maybe they shouldn't have. Maybe they don't have enough confidence. I have to fill that child up with confidence. I have to push them to do things that maybe they're scared of so that at some point they succeed at something and go, oh, no, I can do that. And it gets excited and it lifts up their soul and they're ready to go. That's the same idea of why some people overeat. It's because they just never were pushed to find something that they loved so much that they found pleasure from. Yeah, I back in the day when I had depression and suffered from depression, you do find yourself constantly searching for something to bring you some kind of happiness or bring back some kind of happiness, even if it's, you know, short term. And um, that can be with food, it can be with alcohol, it can be, you know, with a lot of things. But yeah, I can definitely remember um, searching for something. And yeah, sometimes it was definitely food that helps. (laughs) And unfortunately, um, anytime you're unhealthy, um, especially physically, um, and you have an infection that literally feeds um, off of the sugar you eat and the infections feed off of the sugar you eat and or the foods that turn to sugar. And it just makes and manifests everything, you know, that much worse, unfortunately. Well, it's, it's it, there's actually people don't realize this, but there's a, a an infectious etiology to diabetes. I've had people who who actually eat perfectly. But for some reason, we couldn't get couldn't get their A1C down. And, uh, well, I'm talking about someone specific, uh, two different people that are specific right now. Um, but they had infected root canals and their immune system was going wild, trying to attack it, but they couldn't get there. There's a void and it just, it's infiltrated the void under the tooth. And so happened to ask, you don't have any root canals, do you? Yes. Let's get a thermogram. We took a picture. You can see the heat signature, go to the biologic dentist, biologic dentist looks and goes, yeah, you do pull the tooth within a, within a month. Perfect A1C. You know, because they've been eating perfect for so long anyways, it just wasn't going down for some reason. I'm used to seeing my type 2 diabetics basically not be off diabetic, not be on diabetic medication and have perfect A1Cs within a couple of months. And this person went a whole eight months. Like, There's got to be something else wrong. This it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Are you sure you're eating everything you're supposed to? Yes, I promise I am. Okay, let's think of something else there. Yeah. And unfortunately, I myself am going through... Um an infection right now. I have a co-infection from Lyme disease. <laughs> um, I have, I forget the name of it. Oh, um, uh, anaplasma or anaplasmosis. And which is kind of funny because, um, my dog, when we adopted her a couple of years ago, they immediately told us, Oh, she had her lichia and, um, you know, she seems to be fine. Everything's fine. She was medicated previously, but you know, she's always going to have this. And then, um, I was bit a couple months ago from a tick and I had a spot on my arm and I knew it right away. Well, I had a pretty good idea that it was a tick. I didn't know for sure until I ran my own testing because my traditional doctor did not want to run them. And then sure enough, I did have Lyme and recently we treated it, but I still have the anaplasmosis or is that how you say it? Which is basically anaplasma. Yeah. Is that basically Ehrlichia for, um, um, me as well. So, well, I, I look at Lyme different. We have a, a, a very specific protocol for Lyme. So I do the testing. We look at 180 different markers on two parts of the immune system. 
to see what's on, what's not. And so one of the things we run into is you'll have the spirochetes, you have the co-infections, but then you also have the cyst form of, of Lyme. So they'll go and hide and be basically stuck in zits inside of your body. Mm-hmm. So to me, you know, everyone gets in, I don't get into the weeds on it, honestly. So, I mean, I know like Bartonella can cause neurologic symptoms and there's all, everything has its own thing. To me, it is disrupt biofilm, use proven chemicals to kill everything and drop down your adaptive immune response by utilizing things that balance out the immune system. Uh, and, and across the board, 100%, everyone gets out of they're done with Lyme within a year and a half to two years. 100%. Every single marker is negative. Uh, and I use a product called Total Pathogen Support, personally. Uh, Total Pathogen Support, you take like, it ends up being somewhere between six and eight pills a day. You have huge doses of Carvacrol, Boswellia, Monolaurin, uh, Serapeptase to, to disrupt the biofilm along with the Monolaurin, 1,000 milligrams of transresveratrol which uh, from Japanese knotweed, which according to research is at least as effective as doxycycline. The amount of carbocrol is at least as effective as doxycycline. And some of the issues you find out with doxycycline, you, you know about doxycycline, you're aware of what that is. Yes, I, so, well, I took minocycline, so yeah. Same idea. So let me just explain that 100% of the time, doxycycline, minocycline allow for persister cells. Mm-hmm. It does not fix long-term Lyme and most likely decreases the symptoms so that later you end up with some significant pathology. Um, the research is clear. It's really interesting. So I, I've read, I read through whole research. I don't just read the conclusion, but the whole research paper. And this research basically showed here's doxycycline, here's Carvacrol, here is daptomycin. Which is best in the research? Doxycycline allows 100% of the time for persister cells, so it won't kill at all. Carvacrol kills everything, including persister cells. Daptomycin kills everything, including persister cells. Doxy doesn't. The conclusion, Carvacrol could be a good adjunct therapy to doxycycline for Lyme disease. Do you understand what just happened there? They, they chose doxycycline when it was the least effective thing. Right. But you know what that will do? It'll create chronic disease patients where they can test their standard Western blot test, one or eight things, and say, you don't have Lyme disease. It must be rheumatoid arthritis, colitis, Crohn's disease, uh, thyroid disease, diabetes. It must be MS. It must be uh, Parkinson's disease. It's Lyme, but they don't test it. And so they put you on a drug they knew 100% would not get rid of the Lyme disease. And guess what? You're stuck with being sick the rest of your life, and no one has an answer. I had Lyme too. It's what caused my psoriatic arthritis. Yeah. Well, and I'm on a bunch of uh, herbs and everything too, and I'm about to go get another one as well. <laughs> but I did see your, what was it called? Total your, total pathogen support? Total path. Yeah. I did happen to see that too on your uh, website recently uh, when I was looking at your Omni support too. And uh, yeah. I thought, oh my goodness gracious, maybe I, and I do happen to have that serapeptase. I have that as well, which I'm about to break open and take as well. Um, but yeah, it was, it, I've never... Lyme disease, Lyme disease isn't my niche. It's not my, it's not my jam, but um, I'm kind of glad, uh, much like I went through, not that I'm glad I went through depression and anxiety for all those years, but it, it got me to where I am and it was a really good learning experience. So this is going to be a really good learning experience too. So if someone is expressing some kind of symptoms to me when they come to me, <laughs> hopefully I can uh, recognize some of those symptoms too, because again, I also had uh, years ago, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, 
But of course, after changing my diet, that magically went away. So <laughs> right, isn't that something? <laughs> so now I'm just stuck with uh, you know the aftermath of being bit by a tick in June. So luckily, I'm very early in the game, so I'm attacking it head on. I'm hoping so. Yeah, well, I expect you to be a hundred percent better from everything. <laughs> I do as well. Trust me, I do yeah. as well. <laughs> my You're working. I know that time too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what are, um, since we're talking about uh, Lyme disease, um, what kind of, because that can have infections as well, various different kinds, depending on what tick you're a bit with and um, what kind of impact does that have on epi epigenetics? Well, I mean a lot. So it's super hard on the body. Uh, Lyme has been seen as like a perfect disease and there's all sorts of conspiracies that it's a government created thing and, it's meant to knock out people in the country and things like that because they can't control the country as well as they can control the cities and things of that nature. So they created all the, the lime, put it in ticks so that hunters would get eaten, bitten, all this type of anyways. There's a whole conspiracy to it. And how fast, within a couple of days, it alters its form so many ways so your immune system can't see it. And it can cover itself. It's a tough, it's a booger. Um, but so epigenetically, it's going to alter things because it's going to affect your liver function. It will affect your kidney function. It can affect your brain function. It can affect, and really, depending on your genetic coding is where it really attacks. Whatever's weak, it will attack. And so, again, it kind of goes to the whole point of you have an infection attacking you. You're going to get diagnosed with all sorts of conditions because of that infection. They're not going to find. And then you're going to go on certain medications that are going to cover or mask what you're feeling and your body's going to start screaming at you in other ways. It's going to keep screaming until you find the answer. But if they've already decided, well, you definitely don't have Lyme. Well, that's the answer. You don't have Lyme. It's something else. And so your body's going to be screaming at you the rest of your life because they didn't do the appropriate testing or testing that only insurance would pay for. Insurance is the devil. Don't think that's your friend. Again, it'll save your life, but it will make sure you are sick forever. That's the problem. And and um, we're actually shooting a an advertisement put on TV here shortly. And I actually, the end of the commercial, I go, Hey, when you're ready to get out of the traditional medical insurance model and get the care you actually need, go ahead and give us a call because I'm super proud of the fact that we don't, we don't use insurance and destroy your care just so we can make a buck. The fact is you will have to invest yourself and it's a permanent solution. And that's the key. Yeah, that's one of the things I like about functional medicine and um, integrative medicine is that, you know, they like to get to the root cause and figure out the why and the how and how can we fix it and make it better so that way you don't have to keep coming back. Um, you know, it, it, and maybe, you know, a couple years down the line, you want to do a check-in, but just to see how everything's going, run a, a couple tests just to make sure that you're not missing something or something's not happening um, I call it the undercurrent, kind of like you see the water and it looks all nice and smooth and calm, but really underneath there's this undercurrent going on. You always want to check just to make sure that the undercurrent is still going okay and you can hold yourself in. But um, yeah, I, I like the I, I like that model is that you just address that root cause and um, and move on because it's no fun staying sick, you know, or or being no. stuck with a diagnosis. It doesn't just ruin your life and your purpose. It also ruins your relationships, your marriage, your your relationship with your kids, your grandparents, whatever. It ruins everything. Yeah, so. and it's, it takes a lot of time and money, like you said, and and um, especially over the years. And time is a valuable commodity in my life. And um, the more times I have to go to doctors, or you know, I'd rather address an issue, 
deal with it and then move on so I don't have to continue going for years and years and years. I did that too many times already. I don't want to do that anymore. So why don't you, um, since we mentioned your Omni support before, why don't you tell me um, a little bit about it? Because it, it was, I was very uh, fascinated. Recently I talked with um, a doctor called uh, Dr. Rodrani Bannock. She's all about eye health and headaches and stuff. And um, it's got lutein and zeoxanthin in it. And I can never say that word. <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh, I was going to mention that to her. And I completely forgot. So why don't you tell us about your Omni support? Yeah. So, uh, you know, like, well, like we talked about before, you know, I think everyone should be on fish oil, probiotic, and vitamin D. You're still going to have to take fish oil. But what I did was I created a product that just took all the functional medicine needs and about 70% of them are covered with one scoop a day. So you want 5,000 IU vitamin D? It's in there. You want 4.5 4, 4. billion spore form bacteria, which 100% will get into your gut, survive, regulate your gut lining. And you can poop them out seven to 14 days later. Um, it actually is the only product in the world uh, in, a, in a multi like this that has a gut-stable form of superoxide dismutase from a melon skin. You got 200 milligrams of N-acetylcysteine. You got 200 milligrams of acetylocarnitine. So you got mitochondrial support, glutathione production, spore form bacteria, vitamin D. You have your multivitamins all methylated and chelated at really high doses. And to offset the chelation, I added in 100 milligrams of L-theanine to keep you calm energetic but calm that's what we all want is a calm energy mm-hmm. uh, it's it's in it's a really an impeccable product and every one of my patients uses it one scoop a day and it just cuts down the number of pills you know you got the zeaxanthin lutein for your eyes zinc l-carnosine at 75 milligrams which is a studied dose to protect your gut even against antibiotics one scoop a day keeps the doctor away that's really the truth so you do your fish oil i think 2,000 milligrams a day is good and one scoop of Omni here. Let me show you. I take this every day. Omni support. Omni support. One supplement for all your needs. <laughs> now, um, but no, it's wonderful. And I have a bunch of functional doctors that buy cases of it from me because patients love it. It tastes incredible. Tropical passions, the flavor. It tastes amazing. And you're like, well, that was my sweet for the day. That was amazing. No artificial sweeteners, no artificial colors. Um, incredible. I mean, it really does. It, all you do is take one scoop and you go, wow, I do have a ton more energy. Everything seems so clear. I'm so sharp. It's an amazing product. And it's probably about, I think it's about 46 pills uh, that you would get from other supplements is in one scoop. But uh, neither here nor there, um, it's it's a life-changing product. And it really just takes away from the number of pills you have to take. Well, and that's one of the things I try to work with my clients too, especially um, when they're first starting off. I mean, one thing I tell everybody is, and I'm sure you yeah. say this too, is, you can't out supplement a bad diet or a bad lifestyle. So no matter what you take, it's not going to work if you're not doing other things as well. And, but if you're doing other 100%. things as well, the, the change can be dramatic, especially at the beginning, especially when you're used to eating or acting and living a certain way. And then when you start changing all that and your body starts getting all the things that it needs, it's, it can really be dramatic. So I'll put yeah. a link to that in the show notes as well. And I'm definitely going to check out your, your, your other one for uh, maybe make, taking that with to help with my Lyme that I've got going on. Yeah, I don't, I don't play around with Lyme. I mean, it's, it, I mean, I just see the pain it causes. My wife got a tick uh, somewhat recently in the last month or two, and she got the full-on bullseye rash. Mm. I'm like, you did what? You have, and so I have her in my office doing IV curcuminoids, IV resveratrol, IV vitamin C, taking 
the total pathogen support. I had her taking 30 pills twice a day of oil of oregano. I had her on uh, liposomal curcumin for two weeks. I mean, she had flu symptoms. Everything started coming on, and it was all gone after two weeks. Everything was normal. Oh, that's great. On the big test, not on the small test they run for insurance. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, the, and the one that I t- ran for myself, it was a definitely a bigger test, but still not as big as the the additional one that they ran. And I, I just got the results yesterday. They called me with them yesterday. So I have to actually go in and download them and look at them and see what all the markers were and, and stuff like that. But um, so where, why don't you tell uh, my listeners where they can find you or follow you or maybe even book an appointment with you? Oh boy, here we go. So we are the Epigenetics Healing Center. Uh, we will literally test you to death. We are going to find out exactly why you're sick. I'm going to tell you exactly how to fix it. And it's up to you to fix it. We'll hold your hand and walk you through it. You stuff, do it. Um, go to drgoodbinder.com, drgoodbinder, G-O-O-D-B-I-N-D-E-R.com. Click on contact us, put in your info, and one of my liaisons will be in touch to set up an appointment with you. Uh, you can go to at dr.goodbinder on TikTok. You can go to dr.goodbinder at, on Instagram. And you can find us at the Epigenetics Healing Center on Facebook. And I shoot Facebook Lives every Monday morning, Monday through Thursday. I'm always on TikTok Live. I'm shooting TikTok videos all the time. And uh, I'm always trying to educate and help you change your life. So please, by all means, if you want to get better, contact me. And if not me, at least some other functional doctor. And is that where they can find your book, Defending Your Life? Is that on your, can they find that on your website? You can get that on Amazon. Um, I'm a bestselling author, Amazon bestseller, and I think three different categories. But um, (laughs) who am I? Um, But no, uh, you can also call our office, 816-673-1230. If you want a copy of the book. I just call the office and we'll get to get it out to you. What if they want that autographed? I mean, if they want. If they call and they say, I want that book, can I get it autographed? I will actually autograph it for them because a lot of people do that. <laughs> okay. And then uh, one last thing before we wrap, I always ask my guests uh, for their don't miss this moment uh, from our talk today. So what would your don't miss this moment be that uh, you would want uh, my listener to kind of really take home and pay attention to if they missed everything else you wanted to get this. Well, there was a lot, a lot of greatness here today. I could feel it in my veins. Um, I would say most important thing in the world is if you're constantly craving sugar and always wanting snacks, find out something that else that makes you happy beyond the food. Uh, your food should fuel your dream. Your dream shouldn't be the food. Yeah, that's, that's very well said. And I, when you said that earlier, I definitely a hundred percent agreed because, uh, I think we're all put here for a reason, and I don't think that enough of us know what our reason is yet. And I mean, it took me 50 years to figure out what mine was. So there's always hope for everybody, I think, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much for uh, being on today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Wendy. It's been awesome. If you are looking for a trustworthy place to choose all of your supplements, Fullscript has 285 different brands to choose from. They did the work for you to check quality standards for all the supplements they carry. These standards are important because they help to ensure a product is safe, effective, and accurately labeled. Fullscript uses third-party companies to provide unbiased assurance that certain quality criteria are met when they add a company or product to their inventory. When you set up an account with Fullscript, use my link and you'll always get 15% off your supplements. If you want to continue learning and hearing all things nutrition for your mind, body, and spirit, click like, subscribe, or favorite me on whatever podcast platform you use. 
or you can find me at ForgivenNutritionist.com. This podcast was designed to educate, inspire, and empower you to achieve your health and wellness goals with your current healthcare provider. It is not meant to diagnose or treat any illness or medical condition or take the place of any treatments from your current healthcare providers.